1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Money Wise is brought to you every Sunday morning at this hour by USA Wealth Group. We occasionally have other sponsoring groups with us as well. So I'm wondering as we begin this morning, how many people have ever had to take care of an older parent? You become a caregiver for a parent, perhaps. And today we're going to be talking about this subject because we grow up as children, our parents take care of us, then we have our own jobs, our own careers, perhaps we have children of our own, and we take care of them. And then all of a sudden we realize that our parents are getting older. And now you're in a position of becoming almost like a parent to your parent. I wonder how many people have been in that situation. I believe that a lot of people listening today are either in that position right now or are going to be. So first I'd like to welcome attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. So Tenny, have you ever engaged in caregiving for a parent? Oh, both you and I have. Uh, it was such a difficult situation and it was long enough ago that there weren't an awful lot of resources available to us. You know, I don't know if you realized it or not, but when you started to answer the question, you you started with a great big sigh. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's very, very difficult. It's difficult for innumerable reasons, including your own time and how many people have claim on it and your parents' attitudes. (laughs) And what if the older person, the aging person, doesn't have children or family members that can take care of them? Or maybe they live in another city. Then sometimes you have to get involved in hiring caregivers, don't you? Oh, yes. Um, As you know, we're involved with that now. And one of our friends, and we we are doing our best to make sure that she is safe and sound with caregivers. And it can be expensive. It can be time consuming. It can really take a lot of our resources. It can prevent the middle generation from uh, being able to work or take care of their own family as much as they need to because they have to take care of a parent. So my mother lived with me for about 15 or 16 years. She was living by herself for a while on the Cape in Hyannis, and then uh, ultimately she decided to sell her house. And at the time we lived in a place where there was a little cottage out back. It had previously been a rental unit. And we had my mother stay there. And, and and that made all the difference, really. Having her there for 16 years was really not a terrific burden to us at all. Um, not that she was ever a burden, but I mean, having separate living quarters made it very, very lucky for us mm-hmm. because we didn't have to um, sort of walk over each other in the same house. Right, which can be even more difficult, I guess. But as we did that, and as we took care of my mother, she had her own independence in this little one-bedroom little cottage, and it used to be a chicken coop, and then somebody had made it from a chicken coop into a little house. So we used to always tell her that she lived in the chicken coop. But much bigger than a chicken coop, to be fair. Well, it was a little bit bigger. (laughs) It had a bathroom and one bedroom, and then one combined living kitchen, kitchen eating area. But it was perfect for her. And, and it had a nice porch where she could go out in the summer and keep her plants and get fresh air. It was very nice, really. And she was helpful uh, to us as well. 
Um, although we were able to take her on a lot of vacations with us, most of the vacations that we took, we took her with us. We had to pay the way. But she didn't have a lot of income. She had a Social Security check. I think it was around seven or $800 a month. That was it. And obviously, she didn't have enough money to pay rent to us to live where she did, and we wouldn't have charged her. But if she had not been living there, we could have rented that little cottage, and that would have provided enough income that would have paid our real estate taxes, the insurance on the property, and it would have taken care of a lot of the living expenses that we had. So basically, we we ended up really subsidizing her for uh, 16 years. Yes, but I never really thought of it that way. I just thought of it as a great opportunity to have a place where she could be safe and sound and happy and yet not be in our house when we had growing teenagers who could probably have driven her up a wall. (laughs) Sure. No, that's very helpful. And she was very good. And she would be up every single morning and she would wave to the kids as they were leaving and see them off on the school bus sometimes. So... You know, we did it because we we loved her and we cared about her, and that was important to do. But my point is that there was still an economic cost to us to do that. There was, yes. Um, And there was a time cost to us also, as you probably remember, because, you know, often she couldn't figure out this or that, and she needed help with something else. and, And we would, of course, mow the lawn and cut the bushes and, those sorts of things. So, yeah. So one of the things we want to talk about this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is what do you do when a parent gets older? Do you have room for them in your house? Do they need to have somebody else living with them or have care going into their house to take care of them? Should they sell their house and downsize? Should they live in an assisted living facility? How do you know when it's time to talk to them about maybe they shouldn't be driving any longer. Maybe it's not safe for them to be driving. And we're going to talk a little bit about crucial conversations. So Attorney Tenny Lance is here from the Lance Law, from Lance Law Inc. And Tenny, you do primarily uh, estate planning and Medicaid planning and helping people protect their assets from the nursing home and all those good kinds of things. So the kind of business that you're in, and uh, along with Attorney Mike Coleman, is you're showing people how to protect their assets and how to make sure that proper documents are in place to take care of all of us, children, older people, right? Oh, we mention it so many times that uh, I'm afraid that people get tired of hearing us, but yes, there are very important documents that everyone should have. And as we've said multiple times before, that is a will and or a trust, our preference is a trust, as well as a durable power of attorney for property and your health care documents. We've said that so many times that um, we're we're hopeful that people are beginning to pay attention. Well, most people are natural-born procrastinators, but the important thing is that what you do in the law firm is you help take care of people and their families. What we do at USA Wealth Group on the financial side of the companies that we operate is we help people make sure that they can make good financial decisions, have enough money to retire on, maybe even helping to take care of older parents if they need to do that. So that's who we are. You can reach us at USA Wealth Group by calling 508-998-8858. 
We always have a number of good things that we can pass out. So we talked a little bit just about my own mother's story, and your mother's story is a little bit different. Yes, my my story was was very different than your mother's, and that was always a bone of contention with my mother, of course. <laughs> um, your I, mother I was already that. living in our co- in our little cottage in the backyard when my mother began to go downhill with dementia herself. And we couldn't and, have had them live together. They would oh have killed gosh. each other. <laughs> they would have really done each other in, yes. Um, so what was to be done with my mother after my dad died and her dementia got worse? That became a real difficult uh, problem that we had to solve. And for a little while, we solved it with this wonderful facility in Fairhaven that was called the um, Cooperative Housing. Uh, I've forgotten the actual name of it, but it was on uh, Main Street in Fairhaven. And it was like group living, wasn't it? Yeah. Everybody had their own bedroom and their own little space, but they shared eating situations and i believe also they shared bathrooms but i don't quite remember about that uh it was a great place if you were um if you were social and needed um some assistance but not a lot of assistance so people would get uh their meals uh prepared for them and and it was almost like going out to dinner three meals a day it was just wonderful but my mom could not keep track of her medications, and um, the, the facility was not set up to do that sort of thing. So I was told one day that we really had to find another situation for my mom. Your mom was already living in the cottage out back. So what to do? Well, we uh, did a lot of investigation, found out that Uh, nursing assisted living facilities down where my brother was in North Carolina were about half the price of Massachusetts. So we decided we needed to move her down there, but the trip down with her was was harrowing, and I'd never want to go through it again. She had no idea where she was going, why she was going, what were we doing to her, uh, it was just awful. So the new reality today really is that at some point in our lives, we might expect to be taking care of a parent or parents, right? Yes. And it's costly. Or it's, perhaps uh, an older relative, an aunt, an mm-hmm. uncle or whatever, whoever is close to you and really needs your help. And we all accept that kind of responsibility because we care about the people that we help take care of. It's what we do. It's what our parents did for their parents. And But it's a little different today, I think, because I would say 30 or 40 years ago, people didn't live as long as, as they do today. So That's people are living longer today. They're healthier. Uh, at least physically, they might be healthier. And we're entering into a time period now, and it can be very stressful for somebody, perhaps, um, who is taking care of their own family Maybe they're working a job, and now all of a sudden they have to figure out how to take care of a parent as well, or a couple of parents. It really is different than it was back when we were growing up. People died in their late 50s or 60s. Now people are living well into their 90s. It's a whole different realm. Oscar Wilde was a a famous writer in England, 
And um, he, he never married because uh, he was actually uh, homosexual, um, but he was a famous writer. And he said, the old believe everything, the middle age suspect everything, the young know everything. <laughs> and that's true, isn't it? It is true. That when was you think a cute about it. quote. Yeah, Oscar Wilde was a great writer. He wrote The Importance of Being Earnest. It was one of his famous writings that he did. Um, so let's continue our discussion and talk about how do we recognize when we have to sit down and have what I'm going to call today a crucial conversation with parents. Maybe they're not able to take care of themselves as much. Maybe they're not bathing as much as they need to, and they need to have that, you have to have that kind of a discussion with them. Maybe like my mom, they have no idea how to write checks or keep a checkbook, uh, justify the register and so forth. She never did that, so my dad died and she had no idea. Yep, that's almost a topic for a whole show. I've done some article reading on, on that subject of what do you do in the family when you've got a couple and only one person handles all the finances. It could be either the man or the woman. Um, and then one of them who's handling all the finances passes away. Well, all of a sudden you've got to think about how does the surviving spouse handle all the finances? And you also need to ask yourself is uh, a question, who is there to help take care of this person? Are you the only child in the family? Or does this person who's needing help not have uh, any children at all to help? Do you have siblings in the area, or do your siblings live out of state? So maybe it's time to sit down sometimes and have a conversation with your parent or parents. The, there is no time like the present. It's, it's crucial to sit and have that conversation as difficult as it may be and involve as many family members as you can possibly do. It always seems to be the place that uh, caring for a parent tends to land on one of many children in a family, and the others say, oh, golly, I'm too busy. Yep, um, and I'm glad you're handling it. I've yep. seen a lot of situations like that when there literally are five children in the family and the others uh, don't want to get involved and only one person is taking the responsibility to do everything. And it's a real, it's a problem. It's a burden. And that person is not necessarily not working themselves. I mean, the, the excuse usually is, oh, I have my own life and my own job and all those responsibilities. But uh, everybody does that these days. Mm -hmm. So the first, one of the first questions to ask ourselves is, are you going to be the person who's going to help take care of your parent or your parents? Or do you have siblings who can also pitch in and help? What's the word called when... Uh, you're helping to take care of somebody, but then you need relief yourself. I forget what that term is. You need to have an opportunity to take a weekend off or something like that. Yeah, respite. Res yeah, it could be respite. You need somebody to help you if you're the caregiver sometimes. So maybe you need to sit down and have a conversation with a parent. Let's say it's one parent and they're still driving. One of the questions to ask is, is it still safe for them to be driving? We have a number of 90-year-old clients, uh, some that I've handled on the financial side, some you've handled on the legal side, and you know that these are people that just should not be on the road. Telltale signs, they can't remember where they're going, or maybe they've had some small accidents. I remember maybe 15, 20 years ago, we had a situation in Mattapoisett where there was an elderly gentleman 
And on a beautiful, clear, sunshiny day, he sideswiped three parked cars who were all parked in a row. He lost the ability to judge distance. And I remember that we actually had a conversation with the police chief and they arranged to take away his license. He shouldn't have been driving. And you think that, well, this is a really harsh thing to do, but what if the person who shouldn't be driving injures somebody or worse yet, you know, kills somebody? What's the response? What's that responsibility? Yep, I can remember my mother once driving a very short distance and parking on the street to do an errand, but paid no attention to the fact that there were there was traffic coming by. She opened her door right into the front hood of another car coming by, lost the door. <laughs> I've forgotten that story. Yeah, that's a good time to say maybe you shouldn't be driving any longer. No. <laughs> <laughs> did she drive after that, Tony? Oh, I'm sure she did. Um, I, I don't remember the timing, but golly, taking keys away from an older person is really difficult. I, I remember what we did with your mom. Her car had the need for some kind of repair. I don't know what it was. It was minor. But we um, we told her the car was in for repairs, and it sort of never came back. <laughs> well, I think we've experienced that with some of our clients as well. But maybe you, as an adult child with an aging parent, maybe you have a responsibility to your aging parent and to the public at large to sit down and have this conversation. Maybe you say... It's not a good time to drive. Now we've got services like Uber who can take you places when you need to or a taxi or we'll help you. Or Coastline Elderly or your Council on Aging. Both of those places will arrange uh, transportation if you need it. Uh, It's very uh, uh, helpful. They can take people to doctor's appointments. They can... Uh, prescriptions delivered, all those sorts of things. It's a wonderful service that these organizations provide. And these kinds of things are being done to keep somebody safe. It's not being done to uh, be mean to somebody. Henry Ward Beecher, who was another writer, once said, we never know the love of a parent until we become parents ourselves. But Mm -hmm. they're still tough decisions, aren't they, Tenny? They are incredibly difficult. and I know that, you know, a lot of people say, golly, I, I can't lie to my parent. I can't tell them that the uh, car is in the garage being repaired when, in fact, we're actually taking the keys away. But sometimes a little white lie is, is absolutely essential to necessary. keep somebody safe. Yep, necessary. So the other thing that's really important, and we started to talk about this at the beginning of the show, is to talk about... What kind of documents does this parent need to have in place? And that's part of the conversation you have to have when you sit down with the parent. If you don't know, you want to make sure that they have a power of attorney or a durable power of attorney, it's called. Because then if they can't sign something or take some action for themselves, then you can be named to take action for them. And then the HIPAA form. What does the HIPAA form do, Tenny? Well, HIPAA is a federal law. It's called the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. That's where it comes from. It's this silly federal law, (laughs) actually, that says that no one but you can look at your own medical records, not your spouse, not your parent, not your child, anyone. So if you have somebody who might 
be needing to take care of you, it's important that they have access to those records so they can properly discuss your health with a doctor. So the HIPAA form allows other people to view your medical records. And if you're living with somebody, perhaps you're not married, but you've been a couple living together for a long time, if you don't have documents for each other, you have no rights at all to make decisions or look at records or anything else. So a power of attorney is important to HIPAA form, either a will or a trust. How about a healthcare proxy? Absolutely. Um, it's critical when uh, older people continue to age that they have named someone who's responsible for their care if they can't make sound decisions for their own body. So a health care, we call it a power of attorney, is incredibly important. We had to uh, invoke it recently, as you remember, for a friend of ours who had been brought to the uh, hospital emergency room. And uh, we didn't even know that person was there for a little while. But when we found out, we went over with the healthcare power of attorney and said, we'll help you make decisions. And by the way, a hospital will usually offer to provide a healthcare proxy if you go there. But what if you're unconscious? Or what if you're not mentally competent to sign something? So you need to do these documents ahead of time, don't you? Right. And the form that the hospital uses is not as comprehensive as the one that that we do. So uh, we encourage everybody to come in and get durable powers of attorney, both for property and for health. Dr. Seuss, did you ever hear Dr. Seuss? Oh, the kids loved him. Yep. Dr. Seuss once wrote, adults are obsolete children. Oh, that's terrible. You think so? Oh, yes. (laughs) I thought it was kind of cute myself. No. That makes it seem that they're useless. All right, I'll give you something better. I'll give you something better from Robert Frost. A diplomat is a man who always remembers a woman's birthday, but never remembers her age. Very true. We need more diplomats in the world. Yes, let's forget Seuss for the moment. So you have a birthday fairly soon, but we won't talk about that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. um, So the other reason to do documents and to do them ahead of time is sometimes somebody could have a sudden medical event, an older person, a parent, when maybe they're no longer capable uh, capable of signing documents. And all of a sudden the family gets together with you and they say, Gee, we'd like to protect our assets from the nursing home, but I know that there's a five-year look-back period if you move assets around, right? You have to have done it five years earlier for the most part. Yes, there were a lot of points in in what you just said. Um, it, if you're talking about nursing home and, and Medicaid protection, absolutely five years is required to uh, place assets out of the realm of Medicaid and nursing homes. And the important point I want to make, and I don't want to go into a lot of detail today because um, you've been on when we've done, excuse me, entire shows on just the subject of protecting assets from nursing home costs. But the five years is essential. So if you do planning at least five years ahead of time before somebody might have to go to a nursing home, you can protect a lot of things, can't you? Yes, you can protect a lot, usually not all. The ones that are most difficult to protect are the uh, retirement accounts that are tax-qualified, IRAs, 401ks, and so forth. But uh, most everything else can be protected, and uh, it takes 
time. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, that's done with someone like Attorney Tenny Lance, and you do an irrevocable income-only trust, and you might have put a house in that, for example, and then after five years, the house is more or less protected, basically protected, right? That's right. So get some advice. If you're talking about an older parent, you may want to sit down and have a conversation that why don't we sit down and talk to somebody about all the kinds of things that could be done to protect your assets and to protect what you've got and what you've saved, what you've earned. Most people, the house is sort of a, a, a sacred thing for them. They've worked hard to pay off a mortgage and they want to protect it. I and they want to pass it forward to yep. their children, yes. So I want to give you a quick quotation before we take a short break from Robin Williams. And he said, why do they call it rush hour when nothing moves? <laughs> Think about that one. So ladies and gentlemen, don't move. Don't go away. We're going to come right back in just a minute. We're going to talk to you about some housing issues and other ideas that you might need to talk to an older parent about, about how to properly take care of them. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show that tries to teach you something new and different every Sunday morning. Tries to give you some ideas, and we have a lot of good guests on the show. Mostly, we do a lot with Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Michael Coleman, and sometimes we have other guests as well. And whether it seems like it or not sometimes, we actually do a fair amount of research and preparation because we want to make sure that what we're telling you is accurate, and we want to give you as many ideas to think about as possible of how you can protect your family. So, Tenny, did you ever hear the expression, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? Yes, I did. Okay, so I have to give you a quotation from Milton Berle. You can lead a man to Congress, but you can't make him think. Oh. <laughs> sort of a little play on words. Oh, my. I'm sort of down on politicians these days. Oh, everyone is. It's a plague on such, both their houses. Such a mess. <laughs> no, there are no easy answers or easy solutions. I wish we didn't have partisan politics. But I wish we didn't have to get old either. But you know what? Growing old is better than the alternative. Well, it is. And growing old is not an awful thing at all. No, it's a part of life. Um, Henry Ford once said, Anyone who stops learning is old, whether at 20 or 80. Anyone who keeps learning stays young. The greatest thing in life is to keep your mind young. Well, I, I truly believe that is uh, a proper thing to say. As you know, I went back to law school in my 50s, yep. and I loved it. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can always learn. You can always read. You can always improve yourselves. You can always learn something. Well, we're talking this morning about what can we do to have very important conversations with parents. Understandably, it can be awkward, but if and, you... And it often, um, it's often the case that parents exhibit anger when you want to begin talking about this sort of thing. They don't want to recognize that they're losing control, and so they get angry with you for even bringing up the subject, but you have to expect it, anticipate it, and deal with it effectively. You have to really have patience and uh, a positive attitude. 
Yeah, so we've been talking a little bit about giving up driving, and, and that's a hard one because when you take away somebody's keys to their car and they're no longer able to drive, they really feel like they've lost a lot of their independence. It's true, but there are uh, folks who can help with that. You can talk with the police department, uh, the registry, and so forth. Yeah, the RMV is another way to handle that also. Yes. But mostly you need to let the parent know that you're only interested in their welfare and making sure that their health is okay. They're not going to be in danger themselves. They're not going to put somebody else in danger. And they're not going to endanger their resources. And that's what uh, some parents think. As long as you want to get into my business, you want my money eventually. Well, that's not usually the case. Usually it's that the, the child is genuinely worried about the safety of the parent and whatever their resources are. Well, what if you needed to pay a caregiver to come in and take care of somebody, for example? You, you would need to know what the parent's resources are and whether they could afford that. Right. What kind of caregiving is most appropriate for them? Is it home care, which is really expensive, or is it assisted living, or ultimately, does it need to be a nursing home? So you need to have a conversation with the public. I'm interested in talking to you about your finances. I want to make sure that you have enough resources. This is not about me and trying to protect any inheritance that I might receive at some point. We want to make sure there's enough money to help take care of you. Maybe you're going to have somebody come in on a part-time basis and clean the house once a week. Maybe you'll need somebody to come in and uh, like counsel on aging to take somebody to medical appointments. Or take them to do grocery shopping. Groceries obviously are, are needed. And if you can't drive, how do you do that? Well, of course, there's things like Peapod and so forth nowadays, but those tend to be expensive and a little obscure still. So uh, something that a, a child can do to be really helpful is to drive to the parent to the grocery store once a week. Mm-hmm. And it's companionship. What if it's time for a parent to sell their house? because they can't take care of it any longer. Maybe they have a house and so you can pay somebody to cut the grass or you cut the grass for them and things of that nature. But are they safe still living at home? And if they're gonna continue to live in the home for a while, is the house safe? Uh, Something as simple as making sure smoke detectors and CO2 detectors are kept current with batteries. You know, once a year, change the batteries or twice a year, I guess. Every time the time changes from daylight savings to uh, regular time, um, that's the time to change the batteries, whether you think they need it or not. Um, What about putting grab rails inside the tub and shower area and outside the tub and shower area so that they can grab a hold of a handle when they go in to take a shower? Yep. Those are simple things you can do that are really important. But in general, our housing stock was uh, never meant to accommodate Uh, people with infirmities. So uh, we have uh, stairs in most of our houses, either going up to bedrooms or going down to the laundry. And those tend to be really difficult for older people. Yep. We have a 90-year-old client right now who still has the laundry in the basement and was going up and down stairs carrying a load of laundry. And her response when she was asked about it was, well, I just throw the laundry down the stairs so I don't have to carry it down, but then she still has to carry it back up the stairs. And she insists that she holds the grab rails. Well, that's fine unless you trip. 
Yep. And maybe if somebody has resources, maybe it's time to do something different on the first floor of the house. So you have the washer and the dryer on the first floor of the house, not in the basement any longer. Right. And then you may get into the conversation about, should I move my parent in with me? That's a whole different discussion. Well, then you have to think about your own sanity, don't you? Well, sanity and their sanity. It it would be very difficult for them as well. Um, A gentleman named Arthur Schopenhauer once said, just remember, once you're over the hill, you begin to pick up speed. Can you think about that one? I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you don't like that one. Doesn't impress me a whole lot. But yes, it does seem that time moves faster the older you get. Yes, it does. So here's one from Francis Bacon. I will never be an old man. To me, old age is always 15 years older than I am. That's true. It is true. We don't ever think of ourselves as old, do we? I'm not old, am I? No. (laughs) No. Just... Gracefully, gracefully matured. <laughs> I remember my mother was reluctant to go to Council on Aging for some of their social events because she said, I don't want to be around all those old people. That's right, and remember that's that? what a lot of people do. But she was the same age. The, the thing is that Councils on Aging have really recognized the fact that not everybody likes to play bingo all day. So they have really broadened their programming and... They do things that are culturally exciting. They have book clubs. They, they really do lots of wonderful things. And so you can either go there on your own or you can um, enroll a parent in adult daycare. Um, so there are options for you out there. Well, housing is a big issue. And um, people always like the idea of staying in their own house. They say, I'm not going to ever go anywhere else. But maybe they need to at some point. And then you've got possibilities of living in an assisted living facility if you can afford it. Uh, Medicaid does not cover assisted living, correct? Or just very Except in very rare cases. Okay, so not too many people can do that. Living with a child is an option. Um, the child is going to have additional expenses. I know lots of people that have put a whole separate wing or addition onto their house, sometimes using the parents' resources and basically creating a whole separate little apartment for them. If you have the funds and the resources to do that, or the parent does, that can be a good option. Yes, and speaking of options, I think what we ought to mention is that there isn't any permanent solution. Things are going to change. So if you make a decision now to put an addition on your house for your parent to move in there and have her own space, that's great, but it might not work if she... uh, comes to the point of falling a lot and uh, needing somebody to make her um, her meals for her. So you're not going to find a solution today that will take care of the next 20 years. Now, there's all kinds of things you can do to make the house safer. We talked a little bit about grab rails, for example. Take a look at the rugs that are on the floor. Are they the kind of rugs that slide, like on a wooden floor? Or that you can trip at the... Get rid uh, of them. At know? the edge of... Yeah, throw rugs are really a disaster for older folk. Yep. And we've seen over the years, uh, Tenny, we're talking with Attorney Tenny Lance, that one of the worst things that can happen to people is to have a fall. And it sounds like a silly thing to say, well, you just fell down. But usually when you're older and you fall down, you break something. Then you end up in the hospital. 
then you end up in rehab, and maybe you're in a nursing home for a while for rehab, but the whole mental structure of the person is degraded. It comes down because of the trauma of having the fall and the breaking something. And everything that, that comes from that fall, yes. Um, fall is, is a, a point in time that changes situations. So when we have a conversation with um, either a client, uh, an older person, or a family member, um, expect them to be a little angry, perhaps, and say, I don't need help, I don't need advice, I'm doing fine, I'm going to stay in my house. Then you can say, well, are there things that you think ought to be changed? What are your suggestions? So throw it back to the parent, throw it back to the older person and say, what are some of the things that you would like to see different in your house to make it a better place for you to be? Can you afford to be here? If you can't afford to be here and you need some care, maybe you do something like a reverse mortgage on the house if they don't have other resources and they've got just equity in the house. Maybe you ought to consider a reverse mortgage for that parent and that'll provide additional income. They can use the income for caregivers and so forth. That's a a really good point that most people don't even remember. Uh, They always think of uh, assisted living or nursing homes, but staying at home with a reverse mortgage, uh, providing money for caregivers or adaptations to the house is a really good thing to think about. And I know we've seen several situations like that recently. And what happens, the first reaction is the older person says, well, who is this person coming in my house and why do I need them here? But then they start to like the person and it's company for them and they start having conversations with them and now it's companionship. So having a caregiver, whether it's full-time or part-time, can be a really useful thing and that can sometimes allow the person to stay in their house. So... Caregivers can be really important. Um, There are a lot of good caregiving organizations. They're licensed. uh, They're insured. Um, They do background checks. Yep, they do. People are concerned about having things stolen from them. Right. So there are many, many things you can do to help take care of somebody. Uh, Occasionally it is necessary to sell the house entirely and either downsize to a different facility or go to an assisted living facility. There are many, many options. And I, I would dare say that in our office, we've seen many, many of them, and we're able to sit down with you and talk to you about some options and choices that you might have. Um, health insurance, you need to make sure health insurance is properly in place. You need to make sure that they're getting all the benefits they're, they're entitled to. Typically, somebody who's in this position is already collecting Social Security, but um, maybe they're not. Maybe they don't have enough um, Medicare insurance. Maybe they don't have the proper Medicare insurance. These are things you need to evaluate. Danny, how about something as simple as taking medicines? You mentioned that people get confused about taking medicines and pills. There There are lots of innovations that have come out over the years. Um, there's something called a, I think it's called Lifespan or Life Tracker or something like that. It's a machine that dispenses medications um, automatically and it sets off a sensor if you forget to actually take that medicine when the machine dispenses it. So that would have been a, a godsend for me when my mom was in co op living because 
we could have solved her medication problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, physically, she was fine. Mentally, she didn't remember anything. So it could be as simple as having one of these little plastic cases, which are labeled Sunday through Saturday. It could be. If, if, as if long the as person, they can remember it. Right. But this machine goes one step further and actually notifies them when they have to take their medicine and makes a lot of noise if they forget. Mm-hmm. Do you ever remember the person, uh, Betty Davis? Oh, she's, I think, oh, Betty Davis, I'm thinking of somebody else. She has yes. sort of black hair that stayed black her entire life. Of course, I guess that's true for most people who color their hair. I was going to say women, mind. but it's, it's men who also color their hair. Um, back to Betty Davis. Well, back to Betty Davis. Betty Davis said, old age is no place for sissies. That's right, for she's kind sure. Of a, she was kind of a tough old broad, wasn't she? Well, yeah, but it's really true. I mean, it takes a lot of effort and uh, concern and all of that to bear with the things that happen to you at your age. Well, here's a quotation from somebody who um, is an older person. She said, my one daughter has all these responsibilities with her job, and she has children. I don't feel that she should have to take care of us. So a lot of older people feel like that, and obviously that's important, but these conversations are really crucial. You've got to have these conversations with older people, and the message ought to be, I think, we're interested in your welfare, we care about you, we love you, we just want to see what other things that we could do to make your life more comfortable and make sure you have enough resources to pay for what you need. And you have to keep up the conversation. You can't be put off just because the parent says, I need nothing. Uh, that's probably not true. They probably need a lot. And you have to just keep pressing the subject. We have an interesting brochure called 15 Ways to Stay Sane While Caring for an Elderly Patient. And, or parent or patient? Oh, what did I say? Patient. No, parent. Sorry. Um, and the first one is everybody has to accept that things have changed. Life is not what it was when you were a teenager at home with your mom and dad. Now they are the people needing care. Yep, so if they're still safe to stay in their own house and to live by themselves, um, then that's okay, but what could you do to make it even safer? Or do they have the strength and the mental faculties to clean themselves and clean their house, and maybe you have care to come in and do some of those kinds of things. Clean their clothing. Make sure their their food is current, not expired, not dangerous to them, all those sorts of things. And not everybody has um, dementia. Not everybody starts to lose their mind, but they lose a lot of their physical abilities, and they don't have the energy to do some of the things that they need. I know one of the things that you look at in terms of whether somebody is eligible for nursing home care or nursing home benefits is something called activities of daily living. There comes a time in people's lives when maybe they need help with bathing, eating, getting dressed, going to the bathroom, controlling when they can go to the bathroom, and getting out of bed, you know, uh, being able to move from a chair to a bed or a bed to a chair and things like that. Yep, those are considered the basics of what, um, if you can do them all, you're probably okay to remain by yourself. But if you can't do one or more of them, usually two or more, then you really need care of some type. And so those are things that are more obvious and they're sort of measuring sticks, but 
What about just being alone? What about if somebody is alone most of the day and they don't get out very often? Just mere isolation is a problem or poor hygiene. Um, you can tell sometimes because people sometimes start to smell or their clothing smells if they're not washing their clothing often enough. I know I've experienced people in the office uh, like that. I mean, not our employees, <laughs> not you. Thank you. But people coming into the office, sometimes you say, oh my gosh, this person needs some care. But it's true. Isolation is uh, an issue all by itself. You know, if you're alone all day, you look at those four walls and you begin to wonder about, well, did I do this or did I do that? Um, you, you lose interest in the world. Uh, your entire mental stability begins to come into question. And socialization is a critical thing for people. People are social animals. And they live long and they live healthier if they have the opportunity to be in a place or to socialize where they can get socialization. Right. It can be counsel on aging. Um, what about if somebody is just lives in a really messy environment? I've seen people in houses that I go into sometimes and I say, oh my word, <laughs> uh, there are people who are actually hoarders. And that's a significant problem. We've seen lots of cases like that, haven't we, Tenny? We have seen too many, but um, hoarding is, is usually an indication of a bigger problem. Um, and it isn't always the hoarding itself that is the, the difficulty for the person. I mean, well, it's cleanliness and, and safety. Growing older and having problems as we grow older is a natural part of living. It's what everybody will go through at some point unless you happen to pass away in your sleep some night. And but, I, th I think of it for myself. I'm, as you know, a pretty stubborn individual. Really? And um, I don't want to admit that I can't do certain things. Uh, but at some point, I'm going to have to admit that. And what I tell to my clients who are more middle ages, I certainly hope that our generation is going to be is going to move to older age in a better way than the past generations have. I mean, you have to admit it. You have to recognize it. Uh, you have to ask for help when you need it. Well, there are a lot more um, issues to consider, uh, making sure bills are being paid. Uh, what about pets? wonder how many older people have pets, and maybe they're not able to take care of the pets any longer. What if they have a mid-sized dog that needs to be walked and they're not physically able to go out and walk the dog? Um, you can hire dog walkers. So there are many, many options, aren't there, Tenny? And a lot of people don't know that many assisted living places will allow pets if they're not overwhelming and if that person can take care of them. So mm -hmm. there are lots of cats in assisted living facilities. Yep. Uh, very good point. So... My question that I want to leave everybody with today really is, what are you concerned about? Do you have a situation in your family when you need help because you're an older person? Then ask somebody, ask a family member, uh, come to see Tenny in her office. Give her a call at 508-998-8800. Make an appointment. Talk about your concerns. I know, Tenny, you give a lot of advice upon other places to live if people are looking for that, but... What are you concerned about, ladies and gentlemen? Are you concerned about your parent or an older neighbor that you know that you're worried about isn't taking care of themselves? 
What, what is the problem that you have to solve? We can help. That's what we do in the office. And as you said, one thing that uh, is useful about what we do is that we can act as an intermediary, as a non-involved party that can look at the situation and say, whoa, something needs to be done here. Yes, and um, as we wrap up this morning, I want to say one quick word, too, about the, um, the real card. And I want to give you one quotation. Maybe you can pull that up for me, Tenny. Uh, first of all, I just want to remind people that if you have um, a house, an apartment, a car, get yourself a secondary quotation on the cost of your insurance. Give a call to uh, Lance Family Agency. Uh, this particular week, there are two sisters that live together on a home in the same home. Um, the office was able to save them $1,427 a year on their homeowner's policy and $844 a year on their auto. Total savings of $2,271. So stories after stories are given to me every single week by the Lance Family Insurance Agency. Um, I won't have time today to talk about the real ID, but just remember that uh, you're going to need to have a real ID card, which is basically a special kind of a driver's license, and it goes into effect in 2020 in October. And if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to fly in, in an airplane unless you have a passport with you. We'll talk more about that on another occasion, but do something to take care of an older person. Have that very important conversation. Tenny, we've been through this so many times, haven't we? Don't be we? put off, right. No, you can't delay this. Take care of the ones that you love, and we're here to help you. Thank you so much for listening.